Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Edging on Doug, a podcast where three residents of Bluffington analyze Doug's first movie in 10-minute increments. This is episode 6, where we're tackling minutes 50 to 60 of Doug's first movie. And, uh, Adam, why don't you uh, kick us off here? I thought we were going to do a proper introduction first. Oh, yes. I'm Drew. I'm Sam. And I'm Adam. And I also noticed we didn't do that last week, but I didn't remind anybody. They didn't want to do real things. It's okay. It's all good. They know who we are at this point. Yeah, everybody knows who we are. We're famous. You've seen the billboards. You've seen the bobbleheads. You saw us all on Joe Rogan Experience last week. (laughs) We've got the YouTubes, even though there's no videos in the YouTube channel yet, as far as I know. There's three. (laughs) Whoa. It takes fucking forever to upload all those goddamn 45 minute long Dunstan videos so I just do it when I have time (laughs) in doing the Lord's work sir I'm trying so hard how would you feel if instead of a ring Frodo and Sam had to take an orangutan to Mordor to throw it into Mount Doom (laughs) speaking of Sam this is my comeback arc Uh, I like Doug again this was my favorite episode of Doug oh Drew, Drew sent a message to our group chat before we started recording this one and said, I used to think Doug was a tragedy, now I've realized it's a comedy. And at first I thought that set a kind of negative tone, but after I watched the episode, I, I really looked at it in a new light and went, oh yeah, this 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 rocks. <laughs> this <is laughs> Let like me tell the- you, this ten minutes really knocked my socks off. <laughs> There's a lot to My discuss. feet are bare. Uh, we we begin with Doug, Skeeter, and Herman Melville, the lake monster, out camping by the Lucky Duck Lake where Herman came from. And Doug lets us know that uh, everything up until now has been completely pointless by saying he's back where he started. <laughs> Except, of course, that everyone now thinks he's a liar and Patty hates him. Yeah. Those are, those are pretty big differences, I'd say. So, yeah, I'm consulting my notes right now. We got a typo already. Uh, German Melville. You typed German Melville? <laughs> I typed German Melville. I was typing really fast. Da! I will not go back to the lake! <laughs> Und I do not agree with your position. I will throw the big log at you. So we're starting where we left off from. The boys are out camping by the side of Lucky Duck Lake. <clears throat> trying to return Herman Melville to his resting place. And they're reminiscing on their lives... <laughs> I actually noticed in this scene, there's a, a little fun animation thing. You guys know about rim lighting? No. Yeah. Okay, it's like uh, <laughs> it's like <laughs> when the edges of characters and stuff in the scene is is lit in a different color by the uh, sort of ambient light of the scene, and they had some really nice rim lighting from the campfire. And I, I just picked that up, and it kind of set a tone for the entire ten minutes for me, where my enjoyment pretty much derived from me completely letting go of the story and only focusing <laughs> on the gags and strange little details of this movie. So what you're saying, Sam, is that you really enjoyed the rim job that the animators did? <laughs> it was excellent. <laughs> and speaking of rims, Doug and Skeeter are trying to get each other to take off their pants. In order to convince Herman Melville to go back in the water, they decide to take, or they're arguing over who should take off their pants to get in the water. An Epstein film. Yes. For children by children. What is it with this movie and having Doug in his undies and talking about being in his undies and stuff? Because, I mean, Quail Man's got his underwear on the outside. 
That's true. That's true. When they when the uh, when Disney took over the show, the animators and the execs had this big confrontation. The execs said, "We need you to lean lean more into the underwear." The what? We need Tr- you trust to get, us. We need you to. We, we want you to strip Doug. They, what they actually said is, "We want you to strip Doug bare." And they meant it like metaphorically, as in like we want you to really get to the core of his character. But actually, the animators just kind of—they didn't get the memo, and they just kept drawing Doug in his undies. We, we want to see Doug in his barest form. <laughs> but to convince Herman Melville to go back into the lake. Doug and Skeeter start pantomiming swimming while saying the word swimming, and Skeeter says, Swimming! Yeah! <laughs> this is a great idea. <laughs> I love to swim! This is a great idea. As a result and, of this... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sam. Oh, I'll, I'll, you can explain it. Oh, okay. Uh, in response to them trying to get him to go swimming, uh, Herman Melville lobs a large log... And scrapes up Doug, drawing blood. He hurt Doug! (laughs) (laughs) It's about time someone did. (laughs) And uh, so they they get upset. They try to push him in the lake and they're screaming about him just being a dumb big fish. But uh, it turns out Herman, ever the gentleman, was just trying to save their lives. Because somehow, Tippy was right. And the lake is just made of acid. Yeah, the, the, the goddamn lake dissolves this huge tree trunk in a matter lake, of moments. The lake is so polluted, it would make Sandusky blush. <laughs> I, but this is actually a really subtle nod. The boys didn't actually go to Lucky Duck Lake. They went to Bluffington Acid Lake. <laughs> complete with weird drainage pipes going straight into the uh, oh okay all right so when we see the log melt it backs off the framing backs off a little bit and we see this huge ass drainage pipe dumping <laughs> sludge straight into the lake they don't need the monster anymore if they yeah. show anyone that that you follow <laughs> it's right there it, your it, honor. am i just <laughs> Am I just imagining this, or did it in fact say bluff? In, did it say bluff on the pipe, or am I just making it funnier I, in my head? I can't remember if it did, but I wouldn't rule it past this point. Guys, uh, feel free to shoot this idea down, but can we all at the same time do an impression of Doug telling Herman Melville to go away, but each of us say like different things that you would stereotypically hear in this kind of scene, like "Get out of here, go on." Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. Get wait, out of here, wait, you dumb monster! Wait, hold, hold on, I don't want to talk to wait. you no more. I don't love you no more, monster. Go away. My mother was right about you. You're no good for me. All you do is take <laughs> and throw logs to try and fucking delete me. <laughs> delete me. My house smells so bad now, Herman Melville. That's so, such a stink. We've been evicted. The bank foreclosed on our house. It smells so bad. The HOA sued us. We are on the streets, Herman, and we can't get jobs because we stink like fish. Herman. I had another gentleman caller back in the day. I should never have gone with you. So get out of here. Don't you see? I don't love you no more. A big stupid animal. Oh, no. 
Well, I mean, to, to, in defense of Herman's stinkiness, he's had nothing to eat but Bud's famous leftover meatloaf in like four days. That's true. He did eat toilet water, too. Or drink toilet water, I should say. I really like that Herman Melville just had a band-aid to put on Doug's tiny scratch. Yeah, he was from him yes. try, trying to fucking send Doug to the afterlife with this giant 300-pound tree. He, he just slipped out of his gill. <laughs> <laughs> same thing, yeah, same thing. <laughs> no, he's in a polluted lake, so there were just band-aids stuck to him. <laughs> oh, it's a used band. Oh. oh, that's how Doug got. That's how Doug got HIV. <laughs> Oh, it stands for Herman Infectious Virus. <laughs> it's me, Doug Funny. Okay, I got but AIDS. Let, if 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 this were a a scenario that Riley was telling us, and she was trying to convince us that for an Act Against AIDS campaign, they did a crossover with one character from Nickelodeon, and it was Doug. It's pretty believable, right? Like, of all the Nickelodeon characters to cross over to do, like, a, a awareness campaign, it'd be Doug, right? I couldn't agree more. With the melancholic tone that the show always had, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, I just meant he looks like he has AIDS. <laughs> you, can't, you can't just go around saying someone looks like they have AIDS. Funny, Doug, funny. <laughs> they called me funny because I have AIDS. I have AIDS. Dear Diary, I just moved to Bluffington, and the doctor says I only have three more months to live. I, I should have I been playing around fun. that infected lake water. My immune system is already compromised. I shouldn't be around all that dangerous chemical bacteria. You know that if Doug had HIV, he would use it to get some pity slash from Patty. <laughs> He'd probably give it to Patty and be like, hey, we both have AIDS. At least there's no danger now. I'm the only other guy in Bluffington with AIDS. He'd really gaslight her for it. Doug, I already had AIDS. <laughs> I'm not locked in here with AIDS. AIDS is locked in here with me. <laughs> what is this bit? I don't, I don't know. I think it's time to kill it. Yeah. Speaking of killing it, Mr. Bluff AIDS. and his army capture the monster. <laughs> They Mr. Did, but, Bluff, but I love the scene where he comes up because he takes off his mask and he flips his hair all handsome-like and my heart skips a beat and then remembers that he looks like Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> God, he's got some great hair, though. Oh, and so I, and, he's very handsome and chiseled. He's got the southern lawyer voice. Ah, a simple southern lawyer. Now, Yana, you'll find the lake monster may have come from anywhere. <laughs> there are lots of lakes. As, Minnesota alone has a thousand, Yana. Now, uh, how can we prove this monster came from my from my pollute? I mean, our lake, Your Honor. So, Mister Bluff uh, captures the monster with his army, and his threat to Doug and Skeeter to keep them quiet is that he will keep them in middle school for a long time. Yes, that evil, evil man. As silly of a threat that is, we were talking earlier on in the season about how Roger has canonically failed several middle school grades several times. Roger's what, 23. What dirt does Mr. Bluff have on Roger? 
Oh my gosh. They, they were in the to, same class. Roger tried to save the lake monster first, but Mr. Bluff beat him at the end. Can we get a prequel where Roger is like a 12-year-old boy finds the lake monster and a young buffer Mr. Bluff finds out? And, you know, he, as a result, he does keep him in middle school until he's 25. Or maybe that's what Roger movie. wants. I love this movie so much more than Doug's first movie. I love Roger's first movie. <laughs> Doug's first or ish movie featuring lots of Roger stuff. If you would have showed you this 10 minutes of movie and said that this is Doug's first movie, I would have said, that's kind of weird, but it's actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make much sense, but I liked it. I, during the threat scene of Mr. Bluff, he says something that's a little bit troubling to me. He says, I have friends in your school. Oh. He's like, in your school, Ooh. not at your school. Because the I phraseology of being in uh. school suggests to me that somebody who is currently attending school... I don't know. I, I, don't I, know. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't I, read too far into that. The teachers are in the school... Yeah, but I, I would say they're at work at the school. I, but if I said, I'm in uh, middle school right now, you would think I'm a student, right? Um, well, yeah, but that's a completely different context. Yeah, I, I, I'm agreeing with Sam. He said, I have friends in your school. I, it just kind of sounds like eyes on the inside kind of deal. Not necessarily implying the students. <laughs> Did I say students? Oh, well. Yeah, like, 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 like if, if, I, if I were threatening you, Drew, and I was like, I, I've got eyes in your Kroger. <laughs> I got friends in VFIN. <laughs> I can make sure you're making magazine articles for a long time. To, that's not even a threat. That's just helpful. Yeah. Thanks, Mr. Bob. Whoa, what a nice guy. You'll be writing nothing but columns for a long time. (laughs) So right as it's too late to save the monster, and Mr. Bluff loads him away and drives away in one of their big trucks, the boys then decide, you know what? I don't care if I'm in middle school for the rest of my life. Now that it's too late to do anything about it, let's get him. And so now that they already missed their opportunity, they're going to go recklessly try to do something about it. But obviously, well, yeah, they, they call the cops. Oh, they don't call the cops. They attempt well, suicide by cop. A very nice, uh, very nice and fitting end to these horrible kids. Yeah. And they jump so in front they, of a police car. They jump in front of a police car which has two bumbling policemen in it. And throughout this next scene, I just want to mention how disconcerting it is to me that Skeeter keeps mumbling under his breath, fry him up like bacon. Hundred <laughs> dead cops. The only good ACAB. Co- what, what, what is that abbreviation? Uh, All for cops the police? are bastard. A, Fuck 12. Yeah, a cop. <clears throat> or a cop. A cab. A cab. Fuck yeah. 12, bitch. <laughs> This is for Trayvon! Stabs me in the neck. <laughs> oh my gosh. But the, 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 the police officers have a license plate that's labeled Donut 1. Ecto 1, eat your heart out. The kids these this summer, they're going to be buying the toy sets of the Donut 1. See, you know what? That's pretty funny, too, because I don't know if you know a whole lot about cops, but they're quite fond of donuts. That's a pretty funny joke. I like that. What? What's even funnier is... Uh, 
the conversation Wait. they're having. Oh, sorry. Now that you mention it, the cops in the car were also eating donuts in addition to their donut license plate. <laughs> I suppose they were. Huh. What could it mean? What could it Does mean? it perhaps mean that they like donuts? What subtle characterization? <laughs> I love the conversation they're having about uh, Batman versus Superman. <laughs> and yes, right before yeah. they almost run over some small children, this, this one officer grabs a donut and says, Say my donut is kryptonite, and I desperately want to hear where the hell he was going with that. I really, I'm so curious as to how he was going to use the donut as kryptonite and try to explain a more complicated issue of why Batman would beat the shit out of Superman. Wait, hang on. Which cop was that? That was the cop that was arguing for Batman, right? Yeah, it was the green, bluish one. Okay, that's that's great storytelling then because you can you can infer from there that what he was going to do next was take a big bite of the donut and explain that as Batman he would not be affected by the kryptonite. So where does that cop car now with... Well, well, Skeeter and Doug flash down the cops and they say, I kidnapped our friend! So, so naturally they're immediately concerned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as, so, as most cops would be. Doug and Skeeter... And they go, they go straight to Bill Bluff's house. They say we kid, they kidnapped a kid. And they go to Bill Bluff? Hmm. hmm. This isn't their first time going to Bill Bluff's house for a kidnapping, it seems. Those cops seemed like they had a little, uh, they seemed like they were on somebody's payroll, yeah. No, they were heading down there pretty fast. They seemed (laughs) like they had a little more conviction, like they wanted to to get the evidence this time. (laughs) They thought that they finally had a chance to take down Mr. Bluff's pedophile ring based on little St. James Island. We're finally going to take that bastard down. Say my donuts, a little black book, right? (laughs) So... <laughs> so then they pull up and, and and Doug and Skeeter say, "He's got our monster." <laughs> Immediately, no longer taken seriously by the police. Yeah, Mr. Bluff, especially after the door. It goes on, puts on his best Southern drawl, and and explains <laughs> away all of their concerns. I've heard the rumors myself about there being children on the premises, but I assure you, no, Mr. Bluff, we're here about monsters. Oh. oh. In that case, no monsters aren't real. (laughs) (laughs) Purple people are perfectly plausible, but monsters. (laughs) (laughs) No monsters here except me. (laughs) The only monsters here are the teenage boys that, or I mean, my daughter has been fraternizing with. now, now, now you have to go back, dear listener, and guess which one of those was the real line from the movie, because one of them was. <laughs> I don't think it'll be too difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bluff says that the only monsters around here are the teenage boys that her daughter's been, his daughter's been fraternizing with. The cops have a big old guffaw, because of course at this point they realize that the kids are freaking delusional, saying that Bill <laughs> Bluff kidnapped their friend monster. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bluff, of course, is untouchable by the law, and that's the central tension of Doug, capitalism versus the little man. Immediately as the police leave, we see this weird wing in, in Mr. Bluff's house with all his yes, mercenaries in it. <laughs> and I, I don't know the physics behind this. The best a... <laughs> scene in the whole movie. There's just a I bunch knew... of... 
I knew this was going to be the sa the scene that revitalized Sam as soon as I saw it. Can I tell you guys? Can I tell them about this scene? Go, go ahead, hit it, please. So, so the military guy who looks like a younger Dick Cheney walks over to this uh, pirate ship style wooden steering wheel in the center of the room. He grabs it and turns to the left, and the whole room shifts to the left, and everyone rolls to the side. Then he turns it to the right, and they all fall back the other way. And it cuts to the one guy in the corner, and he just says, Stop that. <laughs> and that's it. That's the whole scene. It serves no other purpose in the movie other than to fix it. The best part, the part that seals that for me is that right after that happens, Bill Bluff walks into the room. So this is definitely a part of his house. The part so that seals it for me is when he just says, don't do that. <laughs> I just love thinking about, like, did he tilt the whole house, or is there just one specific room on a swivel gear? There's gotta be a swivel room. <laughs> or is Bill Bluff God? Bill Bluff doesn't just have a teeter hang-up. He has a teeter <laughs> hang-up room. The whole damn room goes upside down. His spine is so well aligned. <laughs> He's got very expensive magnetic boots that he bought <laughs> from Mr. Dink, and he flips that switch around. He flips that wheel around and walks around the ceiling with his spine perfectly aligned. <laughs> That's why he's so fucking untouchable. Whenever the police come to his house, he flips that wheel and the house goes underground. <laughs> <laughs> no children here, officer. Mm. In fact, there's not even a house here. I thought this was your address. Oh, well, we'll come back at some other time. So, when Mr. Bluff walks into the room, there's already a newspaper article with the picture of the previously mentioned drain pipe that said, Toxic Bluff on it. So it's already known <laughs> and documented. What is by, the point of the monster? By the news that he already has in his own pocket. <laughs> it's by the Bluffington Beat, the most distinguished newspaper in all of Bluffington, presumably. And this, it also has the subheading, <laughs> We Call Your Bluff. <laughs> but, but, the problem is that far-right rag that they publish at the local high school <laughs> is just so much more sensationalist that that's what everybody in town reads. No one wants to hear the real news. They just want to hear the crazy stories that lead into their viewpoints. I want to read about that Valentine's high school dance. Way more Are stories on that. Are you saying that Guy Graham is the Breitbart of, of Bluffington while working yes. out of high school? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mr. Bluff is cool and epic, and the liberals at the Bluffington Beat don't want you to know that. <laughs> so, Mr. Bluff, in his little room with his mercenaries, comes up with a new plan... And it, which is now to save the town from the monster rather than hide it or kill it in secret. Mm. But people will still ask questions about where the hell the monster came from. Like, Mayor Tippy already knows that the monster came out of the lake. She will not let it go that it came from a, a lake that he's polluted. That will not solve anything. That might silence a couple people into thinking that he saved them momentarily, but it's not going to go away. <laughs> It's an what issue happened? that has already been uncovered. 
But Adam, the people on Doug Chan are gonna really dig it when they can say, Our God Emperor, Mr. Bluff, saved us from the lake monster, Mr. Mayor Tippy's an SJW. <laughs> this is why we can't let a woman in politics. Uh, then Mr. Bluff talks to his mercenaries and uh, he says, What are we gonna do to get rid of this monster? And this new mercenary that has just showed up and has hair like <laughs> awful Wolverine just says when that it's a big fish right well whenever a fish goes belly up you flush it down the toilet and then the blue mercenary bob the dick cheney one says well you need an (laughs) awfully big toilet (laughs) the toilet like that's gonna cost you a lot oh i don't think so really you know a guy they proceed to have a several second long conversation about uh how surprisingly affordable it is to get a really large toilet big enough to flush a monster down (laughs) <laughs> Again, this part of the movie proving to be just the best part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love toilet humor? If this was the rest of Doug's first movie, this movie would be so good, but it's just this one scene. Can we just follow them the rest of the movie? Yeah, they're pretty enjoyable. I like them. So naturally, uh, Doug has nightmares that whole night, tossing and turning, seeing... Uh, disembodied heads just saying lines from the movie you know i'm gonna go ahead and go out on a limb here and say right here before the movie's even over before the finale of the of the series i'm gonna say the problem with doug right now is that doug funny the main character of doug is not in fact very funny (laughs) (laughs) all of the comedy in this quote-unquote comedy comes from the side character doug himself is just a tragic little weirdo (laughs) And we have to spend 80% of the runtime with him, but then we get that 20%, you just start licking your chops, you're like, yeah. The best part about Doug is the extended universe. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. Agree. And oh, God, can you imagine, like, a... Time for our weekly reminder that Doug is a semi-autobiographical main character. Ugh. Mr. Bluff decides that he's going to bring the monster Herman Melville to the valentine's dance for this middle school and that they're gonna make it rampage so he and his men can shoot it yeah yeah as i alluded to earlier the uh the the far right rag of the bluffington high school paper (laughs) publishes in advance their story about how (laughs) mr bluff has saved mr bluff and guy graham upper cool upperclassmen have saved the dance yeah not only did upperclassman Guy Grant save the DQ dance once, bang, he's doing it again. <laughs> this time he's saving it from a literal monster. What Doug was planning to do earlier. Yeah. It's funny yeah, how Doug- the roles reversed here. Now Guy Graham is literally living out Doug's fantasy <laughs> while he sadly watches from the sidelines. <laughs> while he sadly sits in the sidelines as his plans have gone complete. What a poor loser. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm going to come out and say it though. Doug is our first character that we, from any, from first main character from any of the movies we've done here on the podcast that learns the error of their ways and changes he has this nice inner monologue about how selfish it was putting his his weird, creepy lust for Patty over saving a life. So he, he calls in the help 
of the Sleech Brothers. No, no, before... No, no, before that, there's so much. <laughs> Sam minorly touched upon this, but Doug decides in a moment of surprising maturity that he's going to go to Guy Graham and say, look, you have sway with Mr. Bluff. He's going to kill a monster that's my friend, so would you please help me convince him to just let him go? But, yeah, that's when he goes to the school and discovers that Guy has already typed up the the <laughs> newspaper for the next week, which says that Bill Bluff murdered the monster at the Valentine's <laughs> dance with the help of cool so, upperclassman Guy Graham. Not only does he know, he's also in on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You can't trust those upperclassmen. He just left that on his computer, and, and this surprisingly makes the previous line relevant, where Guy said that he has to print, he has to make the news before it yeah, happens really. to get it out on time. <sighs> Doug just sets everything up so perfectly. I know, it's it's well written. What's more on top of that is it's so, it's very frustrating that the boys read the newspaper article in its entirety. And only after letting it digest in their fucking rotted brains do they go, Oh, wait, the dance hasn't happened until tonight. There's still time time to save our friend. They not only fail to read it in its entirety on the computer, they then print out a paper, go to Mr. Swirly's, and there are four mm-hmm. empty cups on their table. So they've just been pounding down milkshakes, <laughs> crying, and only now does Skeeter decide to read the, the newspaper and say, Oh! Yeah, that's right. The Valentine's dance doesn't happen till tonight. They printed off a copy from Guy's office. I want a deleted scene where, like, Guy walks in after they printed it off. He he opens the the paper storage area. He realizes it's it's a page light. He sniffs the printer, making or checking if there's ink that's recently been uh, fired up. Rips off his shirt and crawls on all fours after the boys. <laughs> I would love that so much. So, Adam, you, you pretty much just want this movie to be smiling, friends. <laughs> so that's, I skipped forward, but but now they call the help of the Sle- the Sleech Bros, the brothers. Sleech. Doug calls the Sleech line. Can, Adam, can we get a musical sting exclusively for the Sleech line? I would really appreciate that. You've reached the speech line, where two brothers are waiting to hear from you. They'll always make sure you come back for more. These boys are always inventing new ways to get you off. <laughs> 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 oh god damn it's good to be back <laughs> <laughs> so why do they call the sweet sleech line they need to organize a plan to try and save the dance save the monster and save their fucking sleeches and you know someone who can help them even more than the police it's the sleeches <laughs> al and moo sleech the, the creepy weirdo brothers who look like Adam and me. <laughs> yeah. they, they all go over to f- formulate a plan. Apparently they're perfectly accepting that there's a lake monster. I don't know. That's not important. <laughs>
<laughs> they already know there's a monster. They uh, didn't Roger hire him to build the monster kill in Robo Crusher? Yeah, but oh yeah, they called him an idiot. <laughs> but then they did it. Yeah, and it became his mom. I, <laughs> there's I so many layers to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> So as they're setting up the plan, there's another detail I, I kind of honed in on here, which is where did where did Doug get the Polaroid of Patty that's just hung on the whiteboard? I've I've got it written down. I said Patty snapshot, Patty creep shot, Patty Polaroid. Yeah. <laughs> you know he took that. <laughs> Patty Polaroid or or Patty Polaroid or Patty snap snapshot actually sounds kind of like a an exotic dancer name, perhaps. Patty snapshot. Welcome to Patty Snapshot's final farewell performance. Well, Patty Mayonnaise sounds like one, too. I'm sorry to the creator of Doug, the real Mr. Doug Funny himself, but this is pathetic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he probably had nothing to do with the movie, because it's... I'm sure this is, like, considered a bastardization of his, uh, (laughs) his original vision. But come on, man. You hoard your product out. But uh, the the Sleeches and Doug and Mosquito Valentine, they figure out a plan and we have like a 30 second montage. But then the mom comes in with a fresh plate of cookies and instantly my blood pressure starts rising. But she just drops the plate of cookies. She doesn't say a word and she leaves. Not a fucking word. Yes, I know. Did it. I know. Sam especially was was gonna kill himself. We had to hear her talk again. Yeah, she kind of like purses her lips, and I went. She was getting ready. She's getting ready. She knew her place. She just put the cookies down and backed away. Put that cookie down. You know what? I, I'm not sure if this is a spoiler for the next ten minutes, but I genuinely don't even think that they actually make a plan because oh, they if do. I what. Everything that I remember is all circumstantial. No, they do. In in the final, do they? Yeah, I've seen this like all three right. months ago. All right, all right. But yeah, that's where our ten minutes end here. But the the frame she sets the, the, the fucking changing of the cookie the guard. Table. The exact frame <laughs> is what our ten <laughs> minutes runs out. But before the we leave, frame. I I got a, a game that I hope will delight. Another edition of character of background character names. God damn it! All right. Yes, my favorite. I was hoping. I was really hoping we get another. Okay, the first one is a proper name guessing, but the second one is a special edition of that's more just a lore dump. <laughs> okay, the first okay. one. What is the first name of Patty Mayonnaise's dad? Is it Sergio Mayonnaise? Marcus Mayonnaise, or Chad Mayonnaise. <laughs> Man, these are all pretty fucking good. Sergio I'm gonna say Mayonnaise, Mar- Marcus, I'm gonna say Marcus mayonnaise, mayonnaise, or Chad Marcus- Mayonnaise. Okay, I'm saying Marcus, I'm gonna say Sergio. Both of you are wrong again. Are you shitting me? That was so bad. His I didn't name think is, it could be. I, I think it exactly like the one you would make up. I think that since these all were like macho names, you were like, huh, Chad. I'll just throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's a Chad. He's Chad. He's, man. he's a Chad dad <laughs> without the use of his legs. He's Chad Mayonnaise. <laughs> That's my favorite stripper This name. looks like a job for Chad Mayonnaise. Oh, what's that? It's not handicap accessible? 
Quail Man. Then. Back. Chad Mayonnaise. Ch- Chad Mayonnaise is the world's number one superhero, and when the area is not handicap accessible, he gives the job to Quail Man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if I pay you five dollars, we just dump us the lore of Chad Mayonnaise. Uh, okay. I'm expecting that five dollars. Get ready. All right. Okay. I think don't rob the, the viewers of the the experience. Chad, Although we suck at name guessing, we we owe it to the listeners. Yes, Chad Mayonnaise got paralyzed in a car accident that also killed Patty's mother, his wife. Holy shit, dude! Oh no, that's fucked the, up. There was an episode where where they discussed how Patty and his relationship has been strained because every time she looks at him, it reminds her that her mom is dead and that her dad is now, like, paralyzed, and he thinks that she thinks he's less of a man because he's in a wheelchair. Oh my gosh. That's so sad. That's pretty funny. Doug a funny. Okay, the final tiny bit of lore dump I wanted to do was for Edwina Klotz, Roger's mother. He actually has a mother? Edwina Klotz. She was a monster truck driver. Yes! she, She fell on hard times and had Roger. (laughs) <laughs> they lived alone in the trailer park until Disney picked up the show, at which point she said some vague nonsense about going into business with Mr. Bluff, and now they live in a mansion. Oh no. Is she <sighs> fucking Ghislaine Maxwell? <gasps> Monster truck driving Ghislaine Maxwell is Edwina Klotz. Roger, but a little deeper. Reggie was just a boy like all the others. This is actually the darkest movie we've watched so far. <laughs> I think that's true. Yeah, that's <laughs> unironically true. <laughs> Isn't that like not sad, even joking. Though. So what's what's the lore dump for for question two? That was it. Just Edwina that was Klotz. question two. I just wanted to oh, share the lore of Edwina Klotz because I figured that's not really that weird of a name, so I'll just get cut right to the chase. That's I don't know. I would, I would have guessed Edwina. Do we ever get to see her driving monster truck in the series? Yes. Like in a flashback or something? Yes. Good. <laughs> Everyone head over to youtube.com and then click the share button and then link it to edgingpodcast at gmail.com. We can do this ourselves, but. Nah. Can we just get a spinoff series that's just the backstory of Edwina and Roger? <laughs> this is my mom. She's a monster truck driver. <laughs> Not she's a monster anymore. truck driver on hard times. <laughs> Not anymore, Roger. Every t- ever since I gave birth to you, I haven't been able to work my passion of monster truck driving. <laughs> <laughs> you were a big fucking baby, Roger. I only have one hole now. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. I can't sit out. <laughs> you were a mistake, Roger. I wish I never had you. <laughs> Oh, oh no. she'd be the antagonist to the Roger spinoff show. Like she just pops up like a spy versus spy kind of deal and tries to off Roger <laughs> <laughs> with a giant goofy mallet. Just tries to pop <laughs> God damn! She and Good. Chad Mayonnaise were made for each other. <laughs> she she carries him up into her monster truck and they drive away. Into God, the if they got married, if they got married, 
Patty and Roger would be step siblings, and then we could really get a "What are you doing, step brother?" Oh I'm, no! <laughs> I'm thinking about how I'm gonna beat up that loser, Doug. I can't beat up little twerps until I've nutted. <laughs> oh no! My balls are heavy, Patty. <laughs> I can't my possibly chase balls. after them with these fucking basketballs in my pants. <laughs> Let's see what we can't do about that. <laughs> Empty him, Roger. Empty him for me. Oh, no. So that's Doug's first movie. Wow, this was a, a pretty short movie at only an hour, but uh, yeah, be sure to come back for our finale special next week. We still have ten minutes. What? Yeah, next week, finale. We have ten minutes. We were talking about the climax, and you were talking about how... We were already talking about the climax being the next ten minutes, and you forgot that already. a bit. Oh. oh. You, it was such a good bit, you confused us both. Yeah, yeah, Don't there, do that. There's two regular episodes left and then the finale special. There's one regular episode left. No, it's, an, it's a 90-minute There's 12 movie. minutes left. There's 12 minutes minute left. Movie. There's 12 minutes left! Yeah. Disney Plus has 12 minutes left. Oh, yeah. Really, let me check this real quick. Because I could have sworn it said 30. It's 20 minutes. No, it's not. It says 1950. That's not possible. We'll see. We'll let you know, guys. <laughs> just stick with it. Who oh, cares? God, he's just a still here. Some Go week, away. It'll, it'll, one of these weeks, it's going to say finale in the title. Then you'll know. It just, just, yeah. If there's ever a time where there's not a new episode on a Friday, you'll you'll know it's done. We'll, we'll say finale in the episode. Why do you need us to tell you? Are you that dependent on us? Why are you even still around? You just wanted to get dug that badly. Fine, you got dug. Ah, it's so funny. <laughs> ah. The podcast's over. What are you doing? What are you doing, Step Bro? The podcast here? is over. <laughs> more, more to that. What the hell are we still doing? I don't know. Skibbity bop boop bop. Skibbity bop boop bop. That's it. That's that's the cold close. That was edging on Doug. New episodes released every Friday. Tune in next week to hear us continue to talk about Doug's first movie in 10-minute increments. Be sure to like and follow to avoid being dugged. The Edgy On Podcast is a podcast started by Sam, featuring Drew and Adam. Original music created by Sam, featuring outro theme, family album by Waverider. <laughs>